morning, everyone. Um, before we begin this morning, I want to uh, alleviate your anxiety over a surprise in the service. The Gloria Patri is to the tune of 576. It's not the traditional tune. It is actually the Gloria in Excelsis Deo, okay? Uh, and it's a new tune. Um, Marilyn, could we play through it just so people could hear it? Number 576. It's a tune that comes from the Tazé community in France. Uh, very popular in the Tazé movement and was included in the Presbyterian hymnal. sing the second verse of a candle is burning or the second uh, candle and yes I know that O Perfect Love is a marriage hymn okay I know it's labeled that in the hymnal but it is also a very spiritual hymn it talks about the divine love as well so number 533 O Perfect Love is appropriate to our theme today in the text that we'll look at from Gospel of Luke Oh, someone asked me last Sunday. Yes, there is a very big difference between the Nicene Creed and the Apostles' Creed. The Nicene Creed does not talk about Jesus descending to the dead. Okay? That is the one phrase that is not included in the Nicene Creed. That is why it is called the Ecumenical Creed, because there are cultures in the world that do not recognize Christ going to the dead as essential to the faith. Okay, so the Nicene Creed is the actual um, uh, ecumenical creed of the Council of Churches, both world and national, because of that fact. Okay, someone brought that up to me last Sunday, and I, I thought that was a good educational piece. But I think everything else is... Oh, um, the responsive song is actually the song of Zechariah, it's number 602 in the hymnal. Uh, I don't know that we've sung it very often, um, but it's not a very long hymn, and it is, a, uh, it is considered a, an Old Testament psalm because Zechariah is singing it um, in the New Testament as a part of the Old Testament testimony. Okay, he's singing it before uh, the recognition of Jesus, um, and so the birth of Jesus, and so... Um, that song is considered part of the Old Testament testimony. Okay? So as we begin, let's pray. Spirit of the living God, descend upon our hearts and our minds, enabling us to worship you in both spirit and in truth. Through the glory of Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, world without end. Amen. Our help is in the name of the Lord, creator of heaven and earth. Grace to you and peace 
from God our Creator and the Lord Jesus Christ. Come, let us worship the Lord. Last Sunday, we lit the cable of hope, the candle of hope. We light it again as we remember that Christ, who was born in Bethlehem, will come again to fulfill all of God's promises and bring us everlasting peace and joy. The second candle of Advent is the candle of love. God's love is a perfect love. It holds nothing back. God, in love, gives us everything we need to live a life of hope and peace. The Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Jesus shows us God's perfect love. This is what love is like. Love is patient. Love is kind and envies no one. Love is never boastful or conceited, rude or selfish. Love is not quick to take offense. It keeps no records of wrongs. It does not gloat over other people's troubles, but rejoices in the right, the good, and the true. There is nothing that love cannot face. There is no limit to its faith, to its hope, to its endurance. Love never ends. We light the candle of love to remind us that Jesus brings us God's love and shows us how to love others. Love is like a light shining in a dark place. As we look at this candle, we celebrate the love we find in Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Thank you, God, for the love you give us. We ask that as we wait for all your promises to come true and for Christ to come again, that you would remain present with us. Help us today and every day to worship you, to hear your word, and to do your will by sharing your love with each other. We ask it in the name of the one who was born in Bethlehem. Amen. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in the one body. The peace of Christ be with you. Let us stand and share a sign of peace with each other. Please join me in singing verse number two of A Candle is Burning. together. Lord Jesus Christ, your world awaits you in the longing of the persecuted for justice, in the longing of the poor for prosperity, in the longing of the privileged for riches greater than wealth, in the longing of our hearts for a better life, 
and in the song of your church, expectation is ever-present. O come, Lord, desire behind our greatest needs. O come, Lord, liberator of humanity. O come, Lord, O come, Emmanuel. Amen. as though love is a four-letter word sometimes. And well, it is. Both good and bad can be done in the name of love. Yet we know that divine love is always and forever united to eternal goodness and mercy. But this is not the case with us, nor our society. And so, let's pray together. Holy God, Most High, We confess that our feet have wandered from the way of peace into aimless detours and crooked diversions. We need the cleansing and refining that you alone can graciously give if ever we are to be made pure and blameless. Forgive our foolish sins and faithless deeds. Let your tender mercies dawn upon us that we may seek you and serve you without fear.
Hear the good news. If you confess your sins, God is faithful and just to forgive your sins and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Know that you are forgiven in Christ and be at peace. Thanks be to God. the Lord Jesus Christ says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment, and a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. As we come to the reading of God's word, let us pray. Lift up your hearts. Guide us, O Lord, by your word and Holy Spirit, that in your light we may see light, and in your truth find freedom, and in your will discover peace, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our first reading comes from the book of Malachi, chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. A messenger of the covenant will prepare the way for the Lord. See, I am sending my messenger to prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, indeed he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of his coming, and who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire, and like fuller's soap. And he will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver, and he will purify the descendants of Levi, and refine them like gold and silver until they present offerings to the Lord in righteousness. Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord, as in the days of old and as in former years. This is the word of the Lord. Testament lesson comes to us from the book of Luke, chapter 3, beginning at verse 1 through verse 6. John proclaims a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. In the 15th year of the reign of the emperor Tiberius, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea and Herod was ruler of Galilee, and his brother Philip ruler of the region of Iturea and Traconius, and Lysanus, ruler of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. He went into all the region around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. 
as it is written in the book of the words of the prophet Isaiah. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough ways made smooth, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. This is the word of the Lord. Today I need uh, the help of some of our married couples to begin. Um, I'd like for you to uh, think about a time when either one of you did something that you had to ask the other to forgive you for. Doesn't have to be anything major, but I just want you to think about a time when you had something that you did that you had to ask your spouse to forgive you. Okay, now, Helmut's down here looking like he has nothing on his mind whatsoever, and I know that that can't be true, so... (laughs) Deanna's waving her hand. She knows. Okay. There you go. Think about those moments and talk to me a little bit, please, about what it's like to ask the other person to forgive you. How does that feel? Hmm? Easy. Um, I'm curious, Jackie, why why would you choose that adjective? Okay, very good. How about anybody else? Humbling. Humbling, okay. Why would you use that adjective, Annie? Okay. What are some other adjectives? Queasy. Okay. Why would you choose that adjective, Tom? Your tummy gets a little upset. So it actually affects your body, right? So it's, it's, when, you're, when you've done something wrong and you need to ask forgiveness, it actually affects your whole person. Not just your spirit or your mind or your emotions, but even your physical body. Very good. What are some other adjectives? Anybody else? Uncertainty. Uncertainty. Oh, okay, that's a good one. Why why that, Nathan? Okay. Okay, very good. Very good, because you really don't know, do you? Yeah, Michael. Since this happens often enough, it's ordinary. Okay, very good. Phyllis is up there going like this, Michael, so you, I think you scored on that one. <laughs> okay. Why would I talk about love in the context of repentance? Because, you see, repentance is not something that we can whip up. Repentance is a gift, and it's a gift to us from God because God loves us. In Greek, repentance means to change your mind, to change direction, to understand things in a different way. And in many times, we use the word repentance in the context of preaching about and talking about conversion. We talk about repentance as what you have to do about sin. And then we talk about faith, 
in terms of what you have to do in relationship to God. But our understanding of the whole dynamic of the Christian life and the faith of the Christian life is that all of this is a gift from God. If we were left to ourselves, we would never repent. We would never ask God to forgive us because we would be convinced that there was nothing to repent of. The very ability or the very desire or the very incentive for us to ask God's forgiveness to repent of something is a gift to us. Now what I like even better than the Greek word for repentance is the Aramaic word. The Aramaic word for repentance has much more to do with coming into harmony with. Coming into harmony with something is to repent. The idea that repentance is something that I've got to feel badly about, okay? I've got to feel humiliated or uncertain or queasy in terms of going to God is in fact fits very quickly and very easily into the Greek understanding of repentance, but in the sense of the Aramaic word for repentance, which is the word Jesus would have used when he spoke and John would have used when he spoke, is this sense of being in harmony with God. What John is preaching, what John is basically saying to the people is, I want you to be baptized into the forgiveness of repentance. Not in the sense of feeling badly about your sin, but feeling good about this relationship with God. You see, John is the last of the Old Testament prophets. And what is the message of every prophet of the Old Testament from Moses on? That God is in a covenantal relationship with us that he or she initiated with us and continues to hold us in God's hands forever. What is John really doing when he's preaching this baptism for forgiveness of sin, this baptism unto repentance? He's preaching that God still loves us enough to accept us as bad as we may be. Have you ever met someone and had a conversation with them and realized that they had absolutely no sense of anything religious whatsoever? Have you ever had a conversation with someone like that? Someone that had no sense of not either who God is or was or will be, no sense of religious devotion to anything. A completely secular person, if you will. There are very few. Actually, I've had several. And I have to admit that they've been usually university people. And many times scientists. Or mathematicians. Or logisticians? Is that the correct word? People who teach logic? Loticians, thank you. The conversation with people who have no sense of the spiritual okay, is a conversation that John was accustomed to in his time. John was calling people who were in many ways religious because they were Jews 
but very secular in their understanding of what that meant for them. Being Jewish was being someone who did what Jews do and went to the, the temple and did their thing. They did not have, you see, for John's time, they did not have this concept or understanding of a loving relationship with God. And that is exactly what Jesus brings into reality when he goes into the Jewish community and teaches them to pray, saying, Abba, Father. No Jew understood God that way. No Jew understood in those days that God loved them. All they knew was what God had commanded them. Their sense of being obedient was their sense of being a good Jew. Fulfilling my duty was what it, was, what it meant to be a good Jew. And John is calling them to something much deeper and much more significant than that. He's calling them into an intimate relationship with God and is saying to them that God is initiating that relationship. That's what the baptism with water is all about. It is an outward sign of God's doing something inwardly. And John is saying, I'm going to baptize you unto repentance because God loves you so much, God will allow you, enable you, and bring you to genuine repentance. Changing of your ways. Changing of your understanding of your relationship to God. Now, many Christians have the same difficulty. Many Christians understand their faith in terms of what they do. What are their duties? Their duties are to pray every day, to read the Bible regularly, to go to worship, to give in the offering, to, to serve in whatever capacity they're asked to. But what about that sense of spiritual intimacy with God? You see, this time of the year during Advent is a time of repentance. It's a time of reflecting and asking ourselves, what is in fact the depth of my relationship to God? And so I need to ask you, as a good preacher, and as a prophet, and as a servant of Christ, when was the last time you had a conversation like that with God? When was the last time your deepest heart was shared with the deepest heart of God? When was the last time that your faith took much more than what you did but what you are. That is what John is calling us to. That is what John is preparing Israel for and preparing us for as well. As we come into the Advent season, I simply ask you and invite you to enjoy the repentance that God gives us in leaving our sinfulness behind in walking in God's way. Let's pray. What perfect love. What love that not only calls us to repentance, but enables us to repent. What love that brings us into harmony with oneself. Such a divine love we are unworthy of, and yet we rejoice in. And thank you for And ask, O oh Lord, that we would respond in ways that are unique to each one of us.
in your presence. For Jesus' sake we pray. Amen. of the Nicene Creed using the ecumenical form. Together, professing using these words, we believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father, through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became truly human. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate, he suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated on the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to offer thanks and praise. God of all mercies, we give you humble thanks for all your goodness and loving kindness to us and to all people. Give us such an awareness of your mercies that with truly thankful hearts we may show forth your praise, not only with our lips but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to your service and by walking before you in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ, our Redeemer, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be all honor and glory now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. There are announcements in your bulletin that I simply want to call your attention to. Um, There were some some baptisms, some birthdays that were missed in a newsletter and Kathy sent out an email to everyone making those corrections, okay? Uh, so you'll find that the December birthdays are actually listed in the bulletin this week. Uh, those are all of them, uh, including the ones that, uh, were, that were... Actually, it was a computer glitch. The page came down too far and just basically erased the bottom two lines when it printed out. Um, 
Jackie asked me earlier this morning to remind you that the, the um, uh, thrift shop will be open today after the service, and she'll be down there to attend anyone who would like to do some Christmas shopping or just go down and check out the space. Um, we'll be closing the thrift shop as of this Saturday. It'll be the last day until the new year, into the new year, because the students will be leaving campus shortly after. Um, today, immediately after the service, um, I'll be greeting and then uh, heading out to, to Linden. I need to um, uh, supervise a, a congregational meeting there. Uh, they're moving towards calling a pastor, and so I have to go up and uh, attend that as a representative of the classes. I've been their supervisor for the past uh, year and a half, and uh, they're moving in as a congregation today for the congregational approval of the um, the vision statement and the, the budget that they'll be sending on to the classes for approval uh, in that process. Oh, to remind you that tonight the um, fish shelter begins uh, at 6 o'clock uh, with supper. Um, those folks will probably arrive around 5.30 and will be with us through the week until next Sunday morning. Okay? Uh, I have not heard from the previous church when they're delivering the beds. So I'm assuming they're coming after the service. 11.30. Okay, so if we could have the volunteers around 11.30 to help out bringing them in from this side door over here. Uh, I'll probably be on the road by then. So if you'll help uh, Judy and um, Nancy with that, I'd appreciate it. Okay, are there any other announcements that didn't make the bulletin or that I have forgotten? Then let's... Uh, Let's move to the prayers of God's people and give you opportunity to share items of praise or petition or thanksgiving as God's people as we come into God's presence in prayer. Anyone? Father in heaven, we thank you for the opportunity to share our lives with you and each other in prayer. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that unites our hearts and the desires that you have for us and for your kingdom. We bring these things to you that, we, uh, that weigh on us. We pray specifically for Marie and for Nelson Mandela. Uh, we pray for those who celebrate birthdays this week. We pray, Lord, for the needs of each of our families and the close uh, circle of friends that each of us have. But we're also mindful of the larger picture, oh Lord. We pray this morning for uh, single parents with children in these times. We pray this morning for those who are incarcerated and their families. Uh, these times of incarceration for some people can be real times of repentance and uh, re-visioning uh, their lives, and we ask for that grace for them and their families. We pray, Lord, today for those who are working for peace in the Middle East, um, a place where it is very difficult, a place where it continues to be a great challenge. We ask that you would give wisdom. A discernment and uh, a capability to be open and yet uh, concrete uh, about uh, paths to peace for that region. We pray likewise, O oh Lord, today for our own country. As we begin to celebrate the Christmas season, Lord, we pray for families who are struggling economically, for those who are unemployed or underemployed, and for those who uh, have nowhere to lay their head uh, except in the streets and, and under porches and bridges. We are mindful of all these, O oh Lord, and we ask that you would enable us to not only be conscious of their needs, 
uh, but to be the, uh, helpful and tangible in supplying their needs to the glory and grace of Jesus Christ our Lord, who taught us to do all these things as he taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. I want to invite everyone to join us immediately after the service in the Bellhauer Lounge for um, everybody's coffee hour. Uh, there's coffee and uh, goodies waiting for everyone and a time of, of fellowship as we uh, celebrate Stewardship Sunday today. We want to encourage you to hand in your pledge sh- uh, slips if you have not already placed those in the offering plate uh, to give those to one of our deacons or elders during the coffee hour. Uh, hopefully... Um, Uh, If not today, that you will mail them in the near future so that uh, the consistory has those figures to work the budget for 2013. Uh, And also you will still find the small or pocket change uh, uh, container. There's a -a dance-a-thon and video-a-thon going on up in the gym right after the service. And uh, the food food, uh, donations of uh, canned goods for the pantry uh, can be left with either Victoria or taken upstairs and, and just dropped off. Uh, but be in prayer for that uh, event as well as the young people work together to pull that together upstairs in the gym. Okay? Let's stand and sing together hymn number 49, Once in Royals David City, as we conclude our worship. God's love for us and grace to us in Jesus Christ, let us go forth in love. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God our Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now until Christ returns in glory and then forever. And all God's people said.